men and the church some churches are asking why aren't the men here what are the issues for their low dedication and what can we look forward to in the future as churches become more focused on reaching men pastor charles cooper is back and we're talking men in their church attendance church dedication church planning and the wisdom contained in granddaddy's last words episode four part two the black daddy podcast is going to church one two three daddy you're listening to the Black Daddy Podcast. Oh, yeah. Black Daddy Podcast. Here he is again, Charles Cooper. Thank you so much, sir, for uh, gracing us with your presence. My pleasure. And uh, let's just jump right into it, man. Um, men and church. Um, I know this is a, a issue that many churches um, deal with in terms of men being dedicated um, individuals in their church taking leadership um talk to me man what 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 are you seeing just over the years what what are some of the trends as it comes to uh to men in church maybe why men aren't in church why men aren't as dedicated as compared to women like what what are you seeing let's just talk about it well of course this is not a problem that is peculiar to just black church right um, um the whole churches regardless across the board um or uh, rather a rather significant majority of churches across the board across denominational uh lines uh, have seen a dramatic reduction in the number of men who regularly attend church and, and, and at the same time, a radical uptick in the number of women. And with women becoming the preachers and pastors mm-hmm. uh, of churches, that, that number is, is increasing even more mm-hmm. that uh, the church simply has uh, lost its ability to be a place um, where a man would hang out and find satisfaction and fulfillment in life. Yeah. It's simply just, it's not a, it's not a reality. Hmm. There are reasons for it, um, which we certainly can talk about, but uh, in the main, overall, it has become less and less of a hangout for the, the average man. Love that. So it's not, not just an issue that is just for the African-American community or black community, but this is a cross-cultural, cross-denominational, cross-ethnic issue. Absolutely. Uh, talk to me about some of the, some of the reasonings for why uh, we're not seeing men in church. I think most fundamentally, the, the nature of church at its core is not masculine. Hmm. It's simply not a masculine experience. Hmm. Um, and the Western um, in, in, in our Western way of doing church, it has resulted in even more uh, a loss of, of masculine flavor mm. to doing the gotcha. way we do church. So the average man walks into a church and for an hour and a half or two hours, or of course, if you're in a black church, three hours, the... Um, <laughs> The, the 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 chances of him having anything remotely masculine happen is is dramatically low. Mm. He, um, for example, um, let's just even take um, walking into the church as you 
come into it. Um, now, the way men enter a building or enter a an event is very different than the way women do. Right. Okay? Um, women meet at the door, start talking as soon as they get to the door, yeah. and will more likely stop right in the door and go on with their conversation. <laughs> right in the people, threshold. You know, people got to pass by. I mean, you can't stop and talk here, women. You're going to have to move out of the way. <laughs> now, men, on the other hand, see, now, they're going to come right in, move right to the seat, you know, get whatever they're going to need to make this event happen, and they're ready for a thing to jump off. Yeah. They're not going to be, they don't want to sit around 15, 20 minutes. They don't know what's going on. They don't know who's doing what. That See, for a man, that is just not cool. And in average churches, you come, if you get there on time, which is why most people don't, don't you get there on time, it's not ready to start. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're running around, they're trying to get all stuff together, and, you know, things are kind of loosey, loose, goosey going on around there. And he's just kind of sitting there looking at this, which is very anti-masculine. Okay, women don't care because they're involved in social. They're socializing. The fact that you're going to give them an extra 15, 20 minutes, they're happy. They're wonderful. This is the best thing since sliced bread. As soon as you hit the dung, the, the gong sound to start 20 minutes late, they're ready to go. Man, he's, he's mad now see, because he's been sitting there for 20 minutes. <laughs> Ain't nothing happening. He's waiting his time because there's something else he could be doing because that's just not him. Or take, for example, you come in to the average church. You come in quiet. Mm-hmm. Well, men come in loud. Mm-hmm. We we come in loud. We slap it on the hand. We we we're wrestling. We're gonna maybe do a quick arm wrestle to see who got stronger this week. Men men have this masculine <laughs> idea about how things are. Church is just the opposite. I mean, you walk in, you got to be quiet, solemn, and if you're really holy, I mean, you got to really look like you just got hit with. <laughs> I don't know what, whatever it was, it was sour. And you got to look sour and solemn because that's what makes you look spiritual. But if you come in high fiving, you know, if you come in and, and had to put your cigarette out, I mean, people that, oh my, you can't be, you can't be holy and you certainly can't be godly. Well, <laughs> you go into the service, the whole service is about being quiet, it's about being listening. All you're supposed to really do is listen, say amen on a few notes and then give an offering and then get a walk out of there. And, and and nothing else in a man's life, in the main now, I'm talking about in the main, right. nothing else in his life goes like that. From the, t- from the If he goes to a baseball game or football or basketball game or some kind of sporting event, if he goes to a political rally, uh, anything that he goes to is going to be loud, it's going to be boisterous, it's going to be over the top. But he goes, the church is 100% opposite of that. And I mean, this is an over oversimplification, but it really does speak to the issue that, that there's very little about church that is masculine in flavor and yeah. focus for, yeah. for the average man. And yeah. so, you know, he, he doesn't really need it. I mean, I don't need that. I, nothing else in my life flows or functions like that. So, yeah. hey, I'm going down the road down here with the boys. Yeah. And, you know, they got barbecue going and you can smell smoke of barbecue and they, they slapping. Uh, you know, uh, Monopoly or whatever, um, you know, slapping on the table and they loud and they, you know, one, one note short of lying about something. I mean, it, it's just, this is, this is the masculine world. And, and unfortunately, the church doesn't have to be that way. There's no, there, there are no biblical mandates that say that, that give us the idea that you must do it a certain way. There's a wide open genre. And what is very interesting, and uh, I think uh, the, the, one of the real issues with 
the black church, not just black church, but since, since I'm black, I'll talk about black church. Um, we don't we don't really do a lot of investigating what's going on up in here. Mm. Okay, we see people ain't coming. Right. We we see they're they're falling off. Right. Uh, but we don't we don't we don't start asking questions. Why why well, you know we we just start blaming people. You're low down. You're no good. <laughs> you don't go to church and you're sinners and you must not have been saved from the start. Well, <laughs> We would never look more pragmatically and say, okay, now what are we doing and are are the things that we're doing helping or hurting us in terms of who's coming through the door and who's not coming through the door? We don't ask those kind of questions. But if you take a look at the, the kinds of churches that are growing and the kind of churches that have larger numbers of men as over against women, you're going to find a very consistent commonality. And it is that it tends to be very expressive. You, you tend to, you can be loud, you can be over the top, you may dance in the aisle, you may fall out, you may. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There's going to be all this this physical involvement in that experience, and the more physical involvement, where it's standing up for an hour and clapping and and singing to the up porch and praising and running and whatever is going to have a really big physical component to it. And churches that have a physical component to their worship are the kinds of churches that are growing with men. Right. 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 Love that. Love that. Um, as you've traveled, uh, internationally, Asia, Europe, um, Africa, um, what are you seeing in, in relation to to men in church? It's like from from a a non American centered uh, viewpoint. Are, are you seeing signs of of growth in this area? Are you seeing signs of where where this is replicated, where where men aren't involved? What what are you seeing? Well, it's a very that's a very interesting question because I've seen in my travels, they haven't been Africa. Europe and Asia churches and preaching in all kinds of churches. I preached in all kinds of churches, all denominational churches of different denominations. The more Western a people become, so if you go to Africa and if the the white missionaries from America has gotten in there and had an impact on those people and have started importing into them Western values and ideas, mm-hmm. or whether it's in Europe or whether it's in Asia, wherever the West has begun to have a serious impact, you start experiencing the same kinds of problems that you have in the American church. Mm-hmm. And one of them being wow. men, less and less men. Mm-hmm. You go into places where the West has not been that influential, where Christianity maybe has come from somewhere else. You'll see the church usually very consistent number of men to women and, and sometimes even more wow. men uh, mm-hmm. because in that Maybe in that particular culture, men don't let their women go out right. too much. And right. even, you know, church full of men, but the women at home. Um, I mean, there's just a real difference in, in because there are some cultural issues that are Absolutely. influencing the dynamic of Christianity. Yeah. And then, then of course, uh, these churches tend not to be him him driven organ grinding mm-hmm. churches they they're going to be more natural they're going to be they have their own drums and their mm-hmm. own uh, yeah. musical instruments and they're going to be doing church according to the way their natural culture does any event and men feel comfortable and often will continue to be a part of that but the more west it becomes uh, the the more the problem that you see in the american church you begin to see in those churches 
Yeah. So you can see that it really has something to do with the way the West does church and the kind of values we place on it. Um, one of the things that I noticed is that in the Western church, uh, in the American church, in the European church, um, there is a real emphasis on the cerebral and uh, knowing. It's about knowing. Church is where you go and you get and you're teaching, okay? Right. And it's very systematic, A, B, C, D, you know, almost in an outline, yeah. PowerPoint, the whole bit, you know, because the the goal is to, for not, you got to get information mm-hmm. and the attainment of information is what makes you a a good Christian or whether you are a, a real, you know, conservative true Christian. <laughs> now, as I noticed that in the, in the essay in African churches where the emphasis is not so much on knowledge as much as it is on an authentic experience with God and whether you actually are interacting with them in a very dynamic way. Now, the, the, the problem with that is um, you you can't have a lot of doctrinal uh, impurity. Gotcha. You, you know, yeah. I went to a, an African service and there's a boy sitting over there in a the corner and all of a sudden he starts barking like a dog and I, I didn't know what was going on and he did. I mean, he's just barking like a dog up over the tree. I mean, it was... And so I finally... Someone saw me getting very uncomfortable, and then somebody wanted to explain to me that he was the Holy Spirit was was leading him in a in an authentic experience of God. Talking like uh, a dog, huh? Yeah, barking. I said, "Wow, you know." Said, of course, <laughs> and my first thing I want to do is get up and teach people. Are oh, you stupid? This is not of God. This is crazy. Uh, God don't. God is not going to have you barking like a dog. Um, because see, I'm, I'm I'm more thinking about the knowledge and the truth and the right and the wrong of something, whereas they were people who were genuinely trying to find a way to have an experience with God where God comes into their reality and he is very visible and well known. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you can achieve your result. You just choose, you achieve them a very different way. People want to have a supernatural, overpowering experience of God as over against people who simply want to be taught some new insight into this passage that have never been seen before and nobody's ever discovered before and now they can go out and kind of show everybody wow look what I know yeah. knowing does not translate into doing That's good. Yep. unfortunately because if it did uh, then the American church would be the most doing place in the world and it's not mm-hmm. um some of the more effective Christians around the world are really people who are not very educated and they're not very smart when it comes to book learning, but they they see God at a level that says, if you're real, then I want you to be impactful in my life and I want to see you impacting my life by what I'm doing. Yeah. And that, to me, produces a very different result yeah. and, make, and I think appeals more to a man's basic nature yeah. of wanting to get in there and do something rather than just sit there and listen to somebody teaching. That's good. That's good. So you have <clears throat> planted churches, pastored in a number of churches. Um, what do you say to, because we we are seeing a rise um, in church planting as a, as a movement, as a, as a philosophy, as something that quite frankly, at many times is, is, it's cool. It's, it's sexy. It's like, you know, to, to, to be known as a, as a church planter is kind of like, wow, that's, that's different. Right. As we see the, some of the more mainline denominations dying out. What do you say to a young or older uh, church planner in terms of as he's planning a church when it comes to reaching men? And like you were saying earlier, building into the fabric of the culture of that church to be one that on purpose 
tries to reach men and their families and call them to lead their families and be the doers uh, in the kingdom. What do you say to that, to that pastor? Well, uh, of course, uh, the guy goes out and start a church. There's a lot of reasons why someone starts a church. And uh, unfortunately, um, having started five and been involved in starting churches, I know that so often the reason that someone starts a church has very little to do with the ultimate accomplishment of kingdom objectives. Mm. This is his own personal fiefdom. He can't get along with people. He, he has all these ideas that uh, have not been tried uh, and proven to be wrong. And so he wants to go out and do it because he believes that he's called us God in some unique way that nobody else is. I mean, there's all kind of issues. <laughs> now, to be honest, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to be honest with yeah. you. But, um, <clears throat> and then and, and why you see it's so much failure, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, you know, three out of 10 succeed, seven don't succeed, period. Mm-hmm. And of the three that do succeed over, let's say, five to seven years, uh, there's a very high percentage of those uh, that uh, end in moral failure. The guy uh, runs off with the secretary or ends up sleeping with somebody in the church or stealing money or doing something else because we we really abandon the biblical notion of elders. Yeah. Uh, the word elder um, conjures up in, in a biblical mind. When you use the word elder, if you a if you know your Bible and you are a biblicist, you know that refers to a man of a certain age. Hmm. Well, the word elder has now come to mean it can be a woman, a woman can be an elder, uh, and it can be referred to a 20-year-old man. Hmm. Now, um, I've known a lot of 20-year-olds um, in all kinds of cultures, and not one of them have I yet found one that I would really want to put the title elder to hmm. in terms of experience, knowledge, maturity, uh, competency, uh, and yet these are the very young, these young boys are the ones that are going out planting these churches. Mm. And they haven't been really tried. They haven't gone through the crucible of experience. They they have not been tested in the fires of time. Their children are probably three, four, five years old, very young. If they have any children, they may not even have any children. So the, the, the very requisites that are so necessary to ensure viability for the leader is often absent in the lives of these guys who are going out planting these churches. And the result is the failure and the frustration and the, uh, the black mark, as it were, on the name of Christ that so many churches that try fail. Mm. It's not that it's not a good idea to plant churches. There should always be plant churches. In fact, I believe the kingdom of God grows faster with the planting of new churches. Yeah. I'm all I'm all for planting new churches. But it's unfortunate that these young guys who want to plant these churches are just not willing, don't have relationships, and, and are unwilling to build relationship with older, mature, settled men mm-hmm. who, who should be guides to the ministry. Now, he does, he does not have to submit in the sense that he can't be young. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying youth requires wisdom right. of leadership. That's right. All so right. he should have he should build around him a team of men who are older, wiser, and he should trust that those men, through building relationships, he should trust that they really have his best interest. Yeah at heart and that they are interested in, in guiding God and seeing God guide and lead so that the church doesn't suffer because 
so often what's happening now is that the church, the young churches, a bunch of youngsters, you know, and they're running around acting like, like a bunch of young people. And they, 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 of course, when you're young, you think you know everything in the world. You don't need wisdom <laughs> from nobody. Yeah. And you think that yeah. uh, you, you can simply hang the moon if it become necessary, which is, which is a clear evidence of usefulness. Right. Right. Uh, and the outcome of that, unfortunately, is that the church is not acting responding in a way that's very positive. I mean, I've gone to these young churches, you know, and they're doing all the things that the culture is doing, you know, the bands and the music they play and the kind of clothes they wear and, and the way they look and the way they talk is very much. And so they say that they do these things because that will attract the world. The world will be attracted and be willing to come in and sit and listen uh, to what you have to say. Now, to a certain degree, that is true. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, the more like the world you are, the less the world feels uh, un, uh, a threat. Uh, they can maybe come around, listen to what you have to say, whatever. Yeah. Um, I would think that the emphasis should be more on, the, on the, the supernatural power of the Spirit of God. Because the Apostle Paul, when he went to Corinth, he, he writes that, I did not come to you with flowery words, and, and I didn't come to you looking and acting like you. I came to you in the power of the Spirit of God right. that drew you right. to the reality of who and what Christ is. That's it. See, that there's a fundamental difference between those two approaches. And unfortunately, right now, so much of church planting is really driven by the external acceptance of the world to to you. And if we act more like the world, then the world will be attracted and open to listening to what we have to say rather than the power of the Spirit of God. And I think that's why men are not drawn to it mm-hmm. because so many pastors and so many young guys who want to be pastors tend to be a little more feminine. They don't tend to be as masculine. They don't tend to come in looking as rough and scruff. Uh, as the way the a man of the world is really like, you know, he's real polished, you know, he's all shined up, you know, he's got his hair cut and his teeth is all in proper place. And, you know, he's cute. <laughs> he's just cute as he can be. Well, you know, most, most men, they, that's just not what they're attracted to. Yeah. You know, when they when they go to watch a football game, they're not impressed yeah. with, uh, you know, 125 pound cutie that's going to be out there running that ball. I mean, that's just not what he's up for. Okay. He wants a brute that's over there look like you got one tooth knocked out, uh, had had a haircut in years and um, you know tobacco stained. I mean that guy that's a that guy was a football player but so you know it, I'm, it, it's, I'm, I'm being humorous but my point is that if you want to attract men you got to have a man yeah. a real man a man that is in the has been in the world that understands the world and understands the problems that you have trying to function in the world and has come out of that and is now committed in terms of how he lives his life to being transformed by the power of God from the inside out and not just conforming externally. Mm-hmm. And so much church right now is really about externalism and men can see it. They know it. They're not stupid. And since all we're really talking about is external transformation, most men simply are not interested. Mm, that's good. Takeaways I get to that question are one, um, church planners have to have some sense, not some sense. They need to be both accountable and need to be surrounded by, and particularly if they're young, surrounded by older men who are wiser and who they will then give the room to speak into what they believe their vision is, but to modify that 
because they have the seasoning both in life and spiritually one too. Um, they should also be uh, culturally it's culturally sensitive the word when yeah. they when they, when they are culturally educated but not uh, so saturated with the world's culture at large to where the focus on sanctification and being set apart what what that's lost because we're so seeking to be uh, culturally uh, relevant but we, we should have a cultural sensitivity uh, and then three like you said just to be a, a masculine man because men then respond to another man who was masculine and that make then give them the ear to maybe hear things in a way that they wouldn't hear you because your external um, your external put put togetherness in your polishedness could kind of be off-putting because we see that as man He's uh, spiffy and clean. As you said, he's a cutie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very cute. Very cute. Love it, man. Love it. Um, give me one reason why, uh, just from, from what you've seen, um, why you are um, maybe hopeful about the future of, of men in church, whether it be here in the Western world or abroad, uh, just, you know, in the world, why you're hopeful to see uh, men come or in some cases return to the church and thus be, uh, you know, born again and uh, believing and trusting in the gospel. Why are you hopeful? Well, you know, as I've preached, uh, particularly in the last couple of years, uh, given the the church and what it's really able to do for people, I'm 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 fundamentally surprised that people will still go to church. I'm I'm really surprised mm. people still go to church and. Um, and that sinners, uh, particularly, will still come uh, to church. Um, but I'm not. I'm not surprised in this sense because the God put in man a a desire. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that desire cannot be satisfied by anything but God. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to change. Mm-hmm. So even if we mess up and and if we are in, incapable of of um, preaching and teaching the way we we are supposed to to give these people relief from the pains and pressures and frustrations of life those needs are still going to be there yeah man's going to need he's going to be still looking for something that's that explains um the questions that plague him and they're basically three and i think yeah. most people's all over the world have pretty much come down to the fact that all, all men have these three basic questions that they are trying to answer. Yeah. You know, um, you know, why am I here? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that, that, that why question plagues men until the grave, uh, unless they have, uh, smothered it with alcohol, drugs, sex, violence, whatever, to try to get rid of that question. Okay. Yeah. Why am I here and why is it so difficult for me to succeed here? Mm. I mean, why can't I just go out and get a really good job, pay me good money, have my family, live, love and die? Why can't I just do that? Why is it so hard and why are there so many obstacles and why must I constantly fight to achieve these issues? And then that third question is, can I find someone that I can share this life with? Now, it doesn't matter whether it's the way that God said that it should be done or whether it's some kind of perverted way of trying to satisfy. But the question is still there. Can I find somebody 
that will share this world with me. Every man got those, man. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care what's happened to you. You want to, you want to find somebody to share life with. You want to understand why life is so difficult, given the situation. You want to answer, why am I here? The degree to which the church succeeds at giving God's biblical answer to those two questions is the degree to which the church is going to be successful in reaching and maintaining the society as God intended. When we abandon those or when we give people answers to those questions, which are not biblical answers, is the degree to which the church becomes irrelevant. Hmm. And she will remain irrelevant until she gets to a point of desperation, which usually would happen. And then she'll come around to realize that her goal has always been to tell men, number one, the reason you were born in this world was to glorify the God who made you. That's right. The reason it's so hard to live in this world and be successful is because of sin. Mm-hmm. And if you don't deal with sin, you there is no success. And the only person that God made for you to share this world with is a woman or a man that shares the same set of values that you have. And anything else, whether it's a bottle, whether it's alcohol, drugs, Money, fame, whatever you try to to, to share life that bring the life down. This is I'm gonna do this. this is, I'm gonna be happy. You're gonna be miserable because that is not the Creator's design. And whether you want to believe it or not, whether you like it or not, it doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, at the end of the day, the Creator designed on you forces you to try to answer those questions or either go through a very long, arduous process of denying them and trying to satisfy them with something else. It never changes. It's always the same. So the answer to the question is one, you're hopeful because um, men has a need for both the here and what is to come. But then the answer to that question, questions two is uh, God has given you those desires and God eventually has the answers to what those desires are. And if doing them his way, um, you can find purpose and you can find a sense of um, a well-being. You can find purpose. You can find forgiveness for the sin issue that plagues you, that you know is there. You, you, you can deny it. You can say it's not real. You can do whatever you want. But at the end of the day, when you get quiet and alone, that guilt is there. Hmm. God's the only one that can get rid of that through the forgiveness of Christ. And then lastly, of course, a woman or a man that God made and designed for you specifically. But see, the beautiful thing about Adam and Eve in the garden is that Adam had a need, but he didn't know how to, how to fulfill it. Mm-hmm. And uh, went to sleep one day and woke up and God says, here's the answer to your problem. <laughs> and it was quite an appropriate and satisfying response. So this is, these are the things that make daddies ultimately successful as daddies doing it God's way. That's going to make you a successful dad. And I believe that's going to make dying every man, woman, boy, girl that I know if they live long enough, will die. Mm -hmm. As an old man, when you're 65, 70, 80 years old and you come down to dying and you're standing there laying there in that bed and your children and your wife are gathered around you and grandchildren, if you've been looking to have them, when you lay there and they watch you die, see, this is one of the this is one of the, the the reasons I believe our society, particularly in the black community, 
we're having so much, so many problems is because we don't get to see people die anymore. See, in the black community, particularly in the black community, um, people died at home. Hmm. You got sick. You didn't go live up in a hospital. You came home. Hmm. And, you know, however long it took, based on whatever was killing you, they watched you die. And often the family would be gathered in the room because... When when you are doubt when when you are allowed to die naturally, death has a process and it always goes the same way. There are no exceptions. Okay, the 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 body starts shutting down certain organs and they sh- and they shut down in a, in a process. Okay, and you you'll know it. You you'll know when death is coming because of the way they start breathing and the, and the way the body starts shutting down and start producing waste and all these other kind of things. And people used to see that process. They used to talk about it, deal with it. And when the person died, it was no big surprise. Mm-hmm. Like everything, you know, you go to hospital, he died at the hospital, nobody was there, nobody saw it, you know, you've got to deal with that. Yeah. Or the person was killed in a car wreck or whatever, drug. But that, though, that loss in community, I think, is probably what has been one of the major contributors to us not having that sense of community and purpose and value that used to drive us because when when grandpa was laying there dying and he knew he was dying and, and the children and the grandchildren were all gathered around and grandpa had that last few minutes, which which is very interesting. Usually um, in the dying process, a person usually will have um, three or four days, maybe a week, when all of a sudden... It's like he's not sick. He'll he'll come out. He'll, he'll, be, he'll be eating or talking or whatever. It's very it's it's amazing. And and I guarantee you, most people know exactly what I'm talking about. That you look at her and she feel like, well, you know, a week ago you were dead almost. Mm-hmm. Here, all of you sitting up in the bed and you're talking and 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 you look like ain't nothing wrong with you. What I think God gives you that last that last time. It's, it's what God, I think, has built into the cycle of humanity when you have a chance to really do do the final business, okay? Wow. Not, don't get in denial. You, you, right. you are dying. Right. You're going to feel good here. Used to be Grandpa called all, called all the kids in and, you know, he'd talk about, you know, what, whatever he got, you know, I'd leave this, this, and, you know, he'd do that kind of stuff. And then he'd, he'd kind of talk about, particularly Christian men would talk about you know, not this is not time to be sad. I'm going to be with the Lord. I'm going home, yeah. and um, I've lived my life. I've enjoyed my life, and, and now it's time to go be with Christ. And then he would talk about what they needed to do. You know, um, stay together. Don't fight with each other. Y'all, y'all need to support one another. Remember, you're you're a family. And he'd give that that final talk. That would be the thing that kind of pulled them together yeah. and then would carry them through his death and his burial and resurrection. Since we don't have that anymore, um, so many of those values that used to bring bring us home, you know, that y'all been fighting and cussing and clowning all these years and you haven't spoken to one another. And now grandpa is dying. And right then he, he finally gets to preach that last sermon to him about why they needed to knock it off and, and, and come back together. I think those are the things that I think are so missed and are so 
detrimental to why black dads particularly don't have a sense of community. So many are killed in the streets. So many die of violent deaths. So many dying of it. They go to hospital. They put them on life support. You don't get to say goodbye. You don't get to talk. They don't get to, to deal with issues. They don't get to say I was wrong about this and I should have done this and boy, I messed up. There's just so much missing in that component, I think, that um, has really uh, made uh, so many aspects of our community detrimental, unfulfilled, and unpolished. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Love it, man. Thank you, sir. Uh, once again, just wow. Appreciate you. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to dads out there everywhere and hopefully uh, rescue a few. A few. That's all we're looking for. A few. And uh, Black Daddy Podcast. BlackDaddyPodcast.com. On Twitter, at BlackDaddyNow. Holler at us. <laughs>